welcome to the Author Wheel Podcast, where we believe there's no single right way to produce, publish, or promote your work. Only what's right for you. In every episode, we'll talk about common writing roadblocks and how to overcome them so you can keep your stories rolling. Welcome to the Author Wheel, everyone. So today we're having a duo episode where Megan and I dig into some really readily problematic roadblocky kind of problem. And so today we are talking about just one of those. And it's a it's a problem for all of us, but particularly newer writers, especially writers who have day jobs or stay-at-home parents with young kids. And this topic today is productivity. How do you just get the dang words on the page? So um, I am going to start by asking Megan, what has been your biggest productivity struggle, Megan? Well, I have two kids. So I have to juggle my schedule around their schedules, um, which is always a challenge. So and I actually, so I started... I started writing before I had kids, but I was still had a day job at the time. And um, I did finish my first novel while still working, but that was the one that never got published and never will be published because it's a, it's a royal hot mess. Um, but when, when I started Senora the Last Descendant, uh, when I actually had the idea for the character, my older daughter was only a few months old. So I, from the very beginning of what I'll call my professional writing uh, career, I had to figure out how to write during nap time or late at night or early in the morning or everything around my baby's nap schedule. And if you have kids, you know that newborns don't really have a schedule. No, (laughs) they don't. Just whatever you can do, whenever you can do it. Um, And so I had to learn how to keep moving forward, even when I didn't feel like I had the time available or the energy or, you know, I was running on fumes and three hours of sleep. Um, and so that was, that was the beginning of my writing career. Now my kids are older. I now have two daughters and, and, you know, they're 10 and seven. And, and so it's starting to ease up somewhat where, I mean, they're at school, right? So I have daytimes when they're at school to kind of make my own schedule. Yay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I still have after school activities and, and I still have other things that sort of obviously, um, come into play when it comes to productivity and getting the words on the page. Um, but it is finally opening up. <laughs> well, that is great. I, I think you probably appreciate your free time and you're probably better at managing it now because you had so little of it before. I I think that's true. I, I mean, I, I had to learn different systems and different ways of getting my butt in the chair and also even when I couldn't get my butt actually in my chair, like being able to write on the go, um, technology applications, things that would help um, focus or help um, get me in the the flow state easier, faster, better, um, or idea generation when I wasn't writing, when I wasn't actually behind the computer so that when I was, I had the ability to just 
get going. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think there is, there is definitely an aspect where being busy and being limited actually increases your productivity if you're focused on it, if it's really high enough priority for you that you're going to spend your precious waking hours working on it. So it's interesting what you just said, because my problems have been with productivity have been very different from yours. And it wasn't the busyness or lack of time as much because I didn't start until my kids were grown anyway. Um, But uh, for me, it was what you just said about prioritizing, like, was it worth prioritizing? Mm -hmm. You know, because I was writing for magazines. um, I had a a little bit of an online marketing business, not online marketing, was more in-person marketing business. The things that brought in, they didn't bring in a lot of money, but they brought in some money. So this idea that I should sit down and spend all these hours writing uh, a novel that I had no idea if it would ever make a dime, it was harder to get my head wrapped around making it a priority and making it important. It was very easy to get distracted and do other things that had a more immediate gratification mm-hmm. attached to them because novel writing is you really do have to learn the long tail thing because there is not immediate gratification unless you know you read a particularly stellar chapter and you're real happy about it for a couple hours but you know so so there's a little bit of a different head game but let's talk then about the the productivity when you're busy piece is different than the productivity when you're less busy piece, <laughs> uh, you know, or when yeah. you have more time available to you piece. So productivity when you're busy, what, what does that look like when you said, you know, you had to make systems and so on? Like, what are some of the systems that you put in place that really helped you? So, so I think... There are a few things. So so we'll, t- we'll take it in stages, I guess. So when my kids were newborn and you don't have a schedule at all, um, I had to make it a priority, like we're, you know, like we're saying, right? Like I had to decide what was more important. Was it, you know, relaxing in front of the TV or by playing a video game, which I used to love playing video games? Um, or was it sitting behind the computer and trying to get my brain to function well enough that I could get store a story written even if it was just a you know few hundred words at a time is still it was like I had to do it after the girls were asleep and when you know so it was either what during nap time or it was after bedtime and so I gave a lot of that stuff up and I just prioritized it um but the hard part about that was that it's harder to make it a habit it's a harder to make it an everyday activity because there were days I was just completely wiped out. You know, the girls had been up all night or one of them had was sick or, you know, all these other things that kind of got in the way. And I just, I literally could not sit behind the computer and creatively produce words. So, um, you know, so, so that's the struggle at that, at that point in my life, because I didn't have a consistent schedule. Once you start to have a consistent schedule, even if it's busy, you can start to set aside specific times. And that's when it becomes a habit. And that has saved me over the last few years where, you know, it's like, okay, I know that my best writing time 
is going to be a weekday when the girls are at school between the hours of 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. when I have to go pick them up. Um, And so by setting that side of time and dedicating that and again, prioritizing it, but protecting it as well, um, that's that's been the biggest key in the last few years. Um, and of course, COVID threw that all out the window too. So, you know, things <laughs> yeah. change and things are constantly changing. But the more you can build that habit and set aside and prioritize and protect that time at the same time every day, um, or at least every working day, um, then I think the more, the, the, the speedier you'll write, the more words you'll get on the page, the easier it will become and the better it will feel. Yeah. So for me, it was more of a head game. Like I had to like talk myself into believing that there was some there there at the end of this writing this novel thing. Like that, what was the point? You know, like get my head wrapped around uh, the importance of doing it was harder for me than actually trying to find the, the habit. But then once I got a contract and, and I was lucky enough to have a two book contract with first right of refusal on the next five books because I pitched the seven deadly sins. And as I often say, you can't have two deadly sins. You got to have all seven. Then the whole thing uh, switched. And in on one hand, it became easier to prioritize because now I had it there, there at a publisher who wanted my book and, you know, was going to do all that stuff and sell it and this and that. Uh, but then on the other hand, one of the problems I had was I didn't know how long things were going to take me. And just like home improvement projects, like the first time you do a home improvement project, you think, oh, that's going to take me a month and triple it. It's going to take you three months. That's kind of what happened to me in the beginning. And I was, I felt so bad because I've always been such a responsible person, but I was forever asking for extensions because you couldn't, I couldn't approach it like a hobby anymore. Like you said, I had to have times whether I felt like it or I didn't feel like it, that I just sat down and wrote. And then I had to begin to track how long it took me to actually do the things and you do get better and you do get more efficient, like at writing it, just like anything else, the more you do it, the better you get at it. But, um, I think tracking, tracking your progress, tracking how many words you write in an hour, how many words you write in two hours. And if you had a really good writing session, what was different about it? Like, did you, were you, did you sit down really knowing what you were going to put on the page that day? Or did you, um, I don't know, have a glass of wine. And that's what did it. And we could turn into alcoholics, whatever. But that, so then it became more of a, the productivity became more of a game of measuring and estimating and figuring out how long all these things were actually going to take. So that I think so, is more my progression. So it sounds to me, and I, I think, you know, we've talked about this some, but what actually helped you was creating your own boundaries. So even if you didn't have, you know, the set, the kids schedules like I did that automatically created those boundaries for you. You actually kind of created your own. Oh, uh, yes. A hundred percent. Because if you don't, I can tell you what happens because this happened to me (laughs) completely. I mean, I'd be getting closer and closer and closer to the deadline. And so all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Now today I have to write for five hours. 
you know, today I have to, and, and like pretty soon I'm barely getting dressed. I'm like throwing on sweatpants, no makeup. My husband and my son was living at home at the time he had come home from um, school or whatever. And I'm like, get your own food. You know, they, they like lived at Taco Bell. I was like, I, I didn't go to the grocery store. I mean, I just lived on coffee and whatever, because I didn't do a good job of setting that schedule and, and being uh, protecting. I had to protect my writing time, but I was so used to not protecting it that I, if anybody said, oh, you want to go to lunch? Well, sure, I'll go to lunch. Well, after a while, you begin to realize if the, that lunch happens in the middle of your weekday and you're not, you haven't got your words done that week or you're not doing a pretty good job or whatever, you darn well better say no to lunch and do it on a Saturday or whatever you give yourself as a day off. So, yeah. yeah. So... So, so what of all the things that we do, and there's a lot of things that we yes. do, that we teach, that we talk about for productivity. Um, but of all those things, what is sort of the one thing, the top tip, the really, the really key, you know, 80% thing um, that speeds up your writing process or helps you get more words on the page, be more productive with the, with the time you've set aside. We'll be right back. Do you ever wish you could sit in on a conversation with some of your favorite authors and listen to them talk about their writing process, their path to publication, and of course, their newest novels? Hi, I'm Marissa Meyer, best-selling author of The Lunar Chronicles, and I would love for you to check out the Happy Writer podcast where every week I talk with other writers about books, craft, inspiration, and how to bring a little more joy into our lives. The Happy Writer is available wherever you get your podcasts or find us on Instagram at Happy Writer Podcast. For me, it is brain dumps. And what I have discovered over the years is that if I don't have a clear idea of what I want to write that day, I noodle around and noodle around and noodle around. So I may have sat in my chair for the two hours that I gave myself to write that day, but I didn't get much on the page or I, or I deleted as much as I wrote. Um, and so brain dumps are... This actually, you taught me brain dumps. So <laughs> thank you, Megan. You're welcome. So, so basically, what I do um, is I open up my Scrivener's, what I used to write. I open it up, I open up the page, and then I think through the scene that I'm going to write and I let it play in my mind almost like it's a movie. And I just type words with commas between them. No full sentences, no punctuation, no worrying about spelling, none of that. I just, you know, could be walks into room, smells cinnamon in the air, candle is lit, da, 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 da. And you just kind of go through the scene like it's kind of a a five sensory movie. And then when I get to, and I only give myself a couple of minutes to do that. Then when I get to the end, um, maybe get up and get a glass of water, whatever, think about it. And then I sit down and I can write mm -hmm. because now I've visualized that entire scene in my mind. I have direction. I know what I want to write. I know what I want to say. I write so much more quickly when I've done a brain dump 
which is reminding me that today I am going to do a brain dump. I haven't started brain dumps with this book yet. I forgot to do them. So I'm going to do them. Which is um, which is so funny because it is a key thing here, right? Like we forget these things all the time. And then you have to like, oh, oh yeah. That's right. That's a tool in my toolbox that I yeah. let get rusty for a while. Yeah, exactly. I know. And you know what's funny about it? I think part of the reason is because it's one more thing to do and you feel like, well, I don't have very much time. So I don't want to take the time to do that. But ultimately it saves me time, always saves me time. Yeah. And so I need to remember that, you know? And I'm going to be honest. I actually originally got the idea from a speaker at the 20 books to 50 K conference several years ago, many years ago. I can't even remember what year it was. Um, and I don't even remember the name of the speaker. So apologies to whoever this was. <laughs> but she had a whole outlining process that this is what she did to outline her novels. Um, and so I took that idea of of the brain dump to outline a novel because I'm not an outliner. But I used that as the inspiration for the immediate thing that I was going to write. And I think that was, again, kind of a key to remember here is that we all have these tools and we all use them in slightly different ways, but they all fit into that toolbox that you can pull out and use, you know, when you need them, how you need them. So it's always good to to learn from others and then pick and choose what actually works for you. Yes, absolutely. So, and and yeah. it's true that different books do different things at different times. You know what I mean? You use different tools with different books at different times. Sometimes, like I think that's what happened with this book, is that I started out with such a strong visual and such a strong idea that I wrote a whole bunch of chapters without having to do that. And now I'm wrapping into a spot where I'm kind of like, well, I'm getting into the mucky middle where I'm kind of going, uh, you know, what, what, uh, so that's a good time to go back to the brain yeah. dumps too. Yeah. So why don't you tell me your favorite productivity hack? So my favorite productivity hack is actually, it's it's more about habit building than anything else. Um, because what typically happens for me is I get a book done, I get it published, it's out in the world, and then I take a break. And usually historically that's happened to come over summer break for my kids. And with summer break, I don't get a whole lot done because we're on vacation. We're doing things. The kids are home. It's harder to write. It's harder to focus, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So all very, very valid excuses. (laughs) They are excuses. But anyway, so now the kids are back in school and I always come back to the minimum daily goal to build a habit and to get my butt in my chair. So basically what I say when I'm first starting a new book or a new project after taking a break for a while, I say, okay, all I need, I'm not joking here, all I need are 50 words. 50 words today and I'll be happy, right? And do I actually write 50 words? No, I probably write more like 500, but 50 words minimum. If I'm at least getting my butt in the chair, I'm opening up the project, I'm thinking about it, and I'm getting 50 words. They don't even have to be good words. Any words will do, um, so long as they're story related. Um, And so then over time, that minimum daily goal increases. So as I start to build that habit, as each day, you know, 50 50 words is no problem. I've got my time scheduled out. I've made that my priority. Okay, 50 words, 
easy. All right, now let's make it 500. That's my new minimum goal, right? And I usually write past that. And then I increase it again. And now it's 750. And then it's 1,000. And then it's 1,500, right? So you keep increasing those minimum daily goals. And so by the time you're ideally, you know, in the in the mucky middle, when things are hard, now you've got the habit, you've got the headspace set aside and the timing set aside and your schedules in place. And you've got all these other things that that go into your creativity, really, they're all in place and ready to go so that that really hard, mucky middle that, you know, can be a struggle to get through sometimes as you're trying to come up with ideas, especially if you're a discovery writer like me, um, it, you've got the habit built. You don't even have to think about that piece of it anymore. And it makes writing the rest of the book much easier. Yeah. And I, I, I agree with you. I think that minimum daily word counting is so important too, because, um, you know, it's a lot of this is like messing with your brain. It's your head space. <laughs> and if you can get that little endorphin head, you know, that says, yes, I, I, I beat the level, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I wrote 50 words, yeah. you know, I beat the level, you get that little endorphin hit, um, it makes, you're creating like a pleasurable uh, association with sitting down and writing. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, Versus somebody who sets themselves a big humongous goal and then they don't meet it and they don't make it. And then not only do they not get their endorphin hit, but they feel like a failure. And now they're starting to associate sitting down and writing with feeling like a failure. Mm-hmm. And and I do think don't, that the, you don't want that, right? Like that no. that feeling that is, is so unnecessary, right? Because any forward progress, any words on the page is forward progress, is momentum, right. is getting that book done. It might be really slow, but it is moving the game forward. Um, and so, in and of itself, especially for newer writers or writers who are restarting after a break or whatever, like. Anything, anything is good. Anything means you're a success. You've gotten words on the page. You are a writer. Keep at it. You're going to, you're going to keep going and it'll, it'll get done. Right. Um, but the last thing you want is to make what should be a joyful experience, a creative, fun job, if you will, work, but it's fun. It's what we enjoy doing. You don't want to ruin that by feeling like you're not doing enough. Right. And, and that is back to our earlier part of the conversation when we were talking about, um, you know, uh, the productivity piece, just creating the habit and starting the habit and all of that kind of thing and getting your head around um, monitoring and tracking and all of those things. If you get too analytical about it, it can take the fun and the joy out of it. But also gamifying it can add some joy to it. So Mm -hmm. it's finding that balance for each one of us. Like we always say, there's no single right way to produce, promote or publish. No, produce, publish or promote. I got them in the wrong out. You have to publish it before you can promote it. Gosh, thanks, Greta. (laughs) Anyway, that thing, you know, there's only the right way for you. And and that is very true and very important because um, we each have different things that make us happy, make us feel successful, float our boat, all those other things. So, but mm-hmm. these are just, these are just some of the things that work for us. Yep. Our yeah. favorites. Yeah. And, 
we we have written a whole book, another another one of our quick yes. guides. This one was actually the first of the quick guides that we wrote. Um, and it's the the author wheel quick guide to productive writing habits, how to set goals you'll keep and make the most of your writing time. And that's really what all of this comes down to is setting goals, making the most of the time you have. And if you have a lot of time, then constraining that time so that you're making the most of the time you have. <laughs> exactly. Yes, that's exactly exactly it and you know I think that's probably why I forgot about brain dumps because that was the first quick guide we wrote and it was a really long time ago <laughs> and I haven't thought about that in a while <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah all right well thank you everyone for joining us today I hope you got some good tips and tricks uh for improving your writing productivity and until next time keep your stories rolling are you an aspiring author? Stop by www.authorwheel.com slash stuff to download the top five writing roadblocks aspiring authors must overcome. Thank you for listening to the Author Wheel podcast, hosted by Greta Boris and Megan Haskell, edited by Jim Wilbur.